Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 122. And today I want to share some typical unschooling days. In particular, I want to share the days of my teenage unschoolers. I haven't spoken about typical days or written a blog post about typical days for quite some time. My girls' days have changed quite a lot over the last few months. And so I thought maybe it's time to do another typical days podcast. Apart from this intro and an outro that I'm going to record, I recorded everything a couple of weeks ago. This was supposed to be episode 121. But you know that episode 121 turned out to be Kids, Needs and Church. I actually rejected what I'd recorded about my teenagers' unschooling days. I didn't know whether what I'd recorded was interesting enough. But today I had to listen to the track and thought maybe I will publish it after all. So this is a failed episode. Now maybe I shouldn't tell you that because you might not want to listen. Or maybe you will listen just to find out why I initially rejected it. What's wrong with this episode? Well, I hope it is alright. Either way, this is my offering for this week. As you're listening, you will notice that a few of the details are out of date. As I said, I recorded this a couple of weeks ago, probably during the last week or two of summer. So I'm talking about it being the end of summer. But in last week's episode, it was the first day of autumn. So we're going back in time, but not very far back, just two weeks back. So on to this week's topic. My teenage unschoolers typical days. Typical days. Is there such a thing as a typical unschooling day? Yeah, days can be very varied. I do think though that my children do certain things in a typical way for a certain period of time. And maybe their days are always evolving with their interests and as they grow older. But at any moment in time, I can say this is a typical day for right now. I said in my introduction that I haven't written a typical day post for a while. Yes, I have periodically sat down and written typical day posts because they do change. But each day that I describe is representative of a certain period of my children's lives. Different children in the same family can have different typical days. And I'm going to describe two very different typical days. I have two teenagers at the moment. Sophie is 16 and Gemma Rose is 14. And their days are very different from each other. I'll start with Sophie's days. Now, if you've listened to podcast episode 110, an interview with a teenage radical unschooler, you will already know a lot about Sophie's days. 
she was telling everybody about her job and what she does before work and what she does after work. She gave us quite a good picture of what she is doing each day. But I'll just recap for anybody who hasn't listened to that episode. Well, Sophie has been working for just over a year now. She started off working in a cafe. Uh, she worked there for about six or seven months and then got another job in a general store post office cafe. And at the moment, she's working four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She was working five days, but I think that the fifth day was really too much because it wasn't leaving her much time to follow her passions. Even four days is too much, really, especially because she is also studying for a Certificate three in Retail Studies. Yes, those long, empty, unschooling days are over for Sophie. Just getting up in the morning and planning out her own day, filling it up with all the things that she enjoys. I feel rather sad that Sophie isn't living that life anymore. Especially because I miss her company, because we used to share a lot. Go out and take photos together, make videos, just sit around the kitchen table and chat, discuss things, drink coffee. Yes, I don't see as much of Sophie as I would like. She has moved on to a new stage in her life. Now, Sophie gets up soon after 5 o'clock in the morning. And just after 6 o'clock, Imogen drives her to work. It's a 45-minute drive each way, so Imogen's gone quite a long time. And I'm just grateful that Imogen is still living at home and has volunteered to do that job for me. It's one of those nice things about everybody helping each other. Imogen doesn't mind in the slightest helping her younger sister. Sophie works from 7 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There is a bus and a train home. There isn't a bus or a train in the morning. That's why Imogen has to drive her. But coming back, she catches the bus and then waits 15 minutes, hops on a train, and that delivers her to a train station, which is about 20 minutes drive away from home. Usually, I'll drive down about 3 o'clock in the afternoon to pick Sophie up. And then most afternoons, I'll drive Sophie to the gym. While she's working out, I go to the shopping center. I either do some shopping or I get a cup of coffee and I sit at one of the tables in the food court and I get on the internet, do a bit of writing, do a bit of work of my own. Occasionally, Sophie's tired and doesn't want to go to the gym. And so instead, we might go for a cup of coffee together. Those are really lovely times, just catch up times. Then we drive home in time for dinner. After dinner, sometimes Sophie and Imogen will go down to the park with their work, sit at a picnic table. It's summer at the moment. Well, we are almost at the end of summer, but there is still quite a bit of light in the evenings. And they'll sit down the park, enjoy a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and do some work together. Sophie might work on her certificate three. Retail studies isn't really what Sophie is interested in. I think I find her assignments much more interesting than she does. Sometimes I sit with Sophie and we discuss the questions together and 
I'm looking at the topic from the eyes of somebody who goes shopping. But Sophie is looking at it from the angle of the retailer, the person who is providing a service. I'm finding out all about my rights as a shopper. It could be quite useful. But Sophie isn't gripped by the subject. What she really wants to do is something to do with photography or videography. The Certificate 3 she has decided to do will make her more employable in the hospitality industry. I think with all her working experience plus the Certificate 3, she shouldn't have any trouble getting a job in another cafe or a general store or any kind of shop. And this is important for the fact that she would like a way of earning money while she pursues her passions because she's not diving into photography and videography straight away. She needs to build up her equipment. She needs to keep on learning about those areas. And while she's doing that, she's earning money so that she can buy things, support herself. When it gets dark, the girls come home and there might be time for a video or a computer game. And then Sophie goes to bed early. Round about 8.30, she's heading off to bed. Now that's a little bit about Sophie. But Gemma Rose, who is 14, she just turned 14 last month, she has a totally different day. Now Gemma Rose and I, we get up about 6 o'clock. I usually get up just in time to say goodbye to Sophie before she goes to work. And then Gemma Rose and I, we get ready to go for a run before breakfast. Get our shorts on, get down the park. We're taking advantage of the light mornings. Though when we went out for our run this morning, I think we left home at quarter past six. It was still fairly dark. The street lights were still on. Running down the bush tracks in the semi-dark. Quite exciting stuff. After we have done our runs, we come home, have breakfast, get showered and dressed, do the morning chores with the other girls. And then Gemma Rose will probably say to me, what should we do today, mum? And I will probably say, well, what would you like to do? Because Gemma Rose and I usually spend several hours a day together, reading books, discussing things, watching videos, Whatever we feel like doing, that's of course if we are at home, because some days we go on adventures. We just get in the car together, we go exploring, take our cameras, find somewhere to have morning coffee together, and just explore different places. But if we are at home, we have certain things each day that we like to do. At the moment, I'm reading Great Expectations out loud to Gemma Rose. We started the book at the end of last year, then we put it down over the Christmas holidays, and we've picked it up again. I find that we have a topic that we both like to explore for a while, and then when we're satisfied, we'll look for something else to learn about. And at the beginning of this term, which was about three weeks ago, I said to Gemma Rose, what would you like to do? And she didn't have any ideas. Now I have put together a huge unplanning notebook in Evernote. Lots and lots of ideas. And I keep saying to Gemma Rose, you could have a look in the unplanning notebook. See if anything catches your eye. 
But I've been wondering whether sometimes we offer too many resources at once. We present too much choice. It's hard to decide on one thing to do, and this is why I think strewing is such a good idea. Most people have a house full of books, a house full of games, videos, DVDs, lots and lots of things that might be the start of a learning adventure. And still, children wander around, not knowing what to do. I think adults do the same thing as well. So it can be a good idea to go around the house and pull out just a few things at a time, and put them somewhere where our children will stumble over them. Maybe on the coffee table, somewhere like that. Also, we can do some strewing in our Evernote notebooks. And that's exactly what I did a couple of weeks ago. I said to Gemma Rose, "Would you like me to find a few things and put them in this term's Evernote notebook? You can have a look. If you don't like any of the things I've put there, well, just delete them and find something else. But if you would like to follow any of the links or do any of the activities, read any of the books, watch any of the videos, then that's fine. That's what we'll do." So I spent a couple of hours one morning putting some things in an Evernote notebook for Gemma Rose, and then we had a look at them together. And yes, a few of those things caught her eye. I found a BBC TV series called "The Secrets of Your Food." This is a Michael Mosley series. We like Michael Mosley. He's a wonderful presenter. He's also a doctor. And he was joined in this series by James Wong. I think he is a botanist. It was a three-part series, and we learnt a lot about our food, what our bodies need, the chemistry of our food, lots of interesting facts, a lot of human biology and health. Yes, a wonderful way to learn those subjects. I was talking a few weeks ago about how we can use documentaries. Or lifestyle programs as the beginning point for learning. How we can watch a program that is intended for a general audience—it hasn't really been made with education in mind. Programs that are made to entertain as well as inform. And yes, the secrets of your food turned out to be a wonderful way to learn some chemistry, much better. Than reading a chemistry book or watching some chemistry videos. Yes, I was able to apply the labels chemistry, PDHPE, which is about physical health and development, I think, and human biology to a lot of the notes that I made about this series. I also found some information about the secrets of your food on the Open Learn website. This is a UK university website, and obviously they're using documentaries and lifestyle programs as a starting point for some of their courses. There's some free resources there, some free human biology courses. I think I can't quite remember. I I think I saw some information about nutrients, proteins, amino acids, that type of thing. There was also some behind-the-scenes videos, lots of photos, and a quiz. The other big series that Gemma Rose and I have been watching together is a British series called "Back in Time for Dinner." 
is one of these historical reality shows. A family travels back in time and experiences the food and cooking and lifestyle of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. So they start off in the 50s. They're all dressed in the fashions of the time. The filming takes place in their home and for each decade the home is adapted. It's transformed into a typical home of the time, of the 50s, of the 60s, etc. It's always very interesting at the start of a program because we get to see the reaction of the family as they walk through their front door and see their living room and their kitchen for the first time, decorated in the style of the era. So we've been learning a lot of recent history. Gemma Rose wasn't born until 2004, so she didn't live through any of these times. But I've been saying as we've been watching, hey, I was born in this decade, Nana was born in this one. I remember those clothes. I remember the music. This is the time that we went to university, or Dad and I got married during this year. It's been a lot of fun. We've heard about all the important events of the different time periods, such as the first landing on the moon, the worries about nuclear war in the 80s, We've also discussed the different roles of people in the family, especially women, and how the economy of a country affects the people's lifestyle. Yes, life was pretty frugal in the 50s after the war when Britain was recovering, but by the 80s everyone was shopping for things. Yet that was the major pastime, to go shopping, to collect stuff. The family had lots and lots of stuff, like VCRs and televisions and of the first PC. They had two cars, lots and lots of games and things. I can't quite remember. But anyway, their house was stuffed with things. And I looked around our home. Our living room is pretty empty. But it's deceptive. As I said to Gemma Rose, everything has got a lot smaller. We no longer have a big ghetto blaster for our music. We play our music through the computer, through our phones or our iPods. We have apps for all that. We can watch television on the computer as well or or on our phone. Everything has got a lot smaller, but it doesn't mean that we don't still have a lot of stuff. Now there's another series that goes with the Back in Time for Dinner series, and that is Back in Time for the Weekend. These videos are available either on YouTube or Vimeo or Dailymotion. There's a couple that we haven't been able to find, but if you do a search in those three places, you will find most of the episodes. I've also found some interviews on YouTube, the family talking about their experience of filming the TV series. And there's also a number of articles. If you Google back in time for the weekend or back in time for dinner, you will find them all. Shimmerose and I always like exploring around a TV series or a documentary. We go looking for other things to do with it. There's one more series that we've been watching. It sounds like we spend all our days watching videos on YouTube, doesn't it? But we don't. It just sounds that way. Their third series is The Big Family Cooking Showdown. 
I know there are a lot of cook shows, a lot of competitions where families get together and compete against each other to win the cooking prize. But I haven't seen any of them except this one. This is my very first one. But I have heard that some of those cooking shows are quite fast-paced and people aren't quite polite. The judges can be quite scathing, that type of thing. But this one, the big family cooking showdown, is quite nice. The judges are quite honest, but they're also polite and friendly. They don't actually put anybody down. It's rather a nice, gentle thing to watch. I don't think we've learnt much about cooking while we've been watching. We do a lot of cooking of our own, but we have witnessed a lot of teamwork. It's always interesting to see which people are willing to work as a team and which people get upset with each other and blame each other for mistakes that happen when yeah, they're under stress and time is running out. Some people say, hey, it doesn't matter. Other people sort of roll their eyes and say, how could you have done that and make people feel bad? A good lesson in relationships, maybe. So back to Jim Rose's typical day. We might watch a program together, Chromecast something from my computer, watch something on Netflix or one of the other apps on our Telstra TV. We might discuss it. I might look for some other information about the show, put it in my Evernote notebook, where Jim Rez can go and read it. I read it as well. We'll read together. We have our own reading. Jim Rez will practice the piano in the morning as well. We always have morning coffee together at 10 o'clock. The other girls usually appear at that time, and we'll ask each other what we've been doing today, what we're working on, what we plan to work on next, how things are going, how we can help each other. Yes, yeah, so it's good to meet up at regular intervals of the day. After lunch, usually I get a little bit of time to myself before I have to go out and pick up Sophie from the train station. And Gemma Rose, what does she do in the afternoons? She might work the dogs, draw, write, read her books. She has a lot of things that she'll do by herself. We have days, as I said, where we will go out. We'll have our big adventure days where we will plan to do something together. But other times, things just happen. Like yesterday, we had to take our dog to the vet. In the old days, years and years ago, and I'm sure lots of homeschoolers do this, we wouldn't plan to do anything during school hours. Yes, it might interrupt the schoolwork, but luckily we have discovered that everything is a learning experience. We just live our lives. We take what comes, and yesterday our puppy needed to go to the vet, so we took her. And after we went to the vet, we had morning tea out together. Other days we might go shopping if we need to. There might be other appointments that we need to go to as well. Now Imogen is our family cook. But if for some reason she's not at home or she's very busy, Gemma Rose will step in and cook instead. She's our number two cook. So late afternoon, Gemma Rose might be in the kitchen. After dinner, it's just relaxation time. Gemma Rose will probably go to her bedroom, continue her drawing, read a book. She might play a computer game or watch something with one of the other girls. I don't know what time Gemma Rose goes to bed because I'm always in bed before her. 
Yes, Sophie and I are the early to bed people. And that's because both of us are very tired by the end of the day. I think Gemma Rose is tired as well because she also gets up early. And so occasionally we'll have a sleep in morning when I notice that Gemma Rose is extra tired or when Sophie doesn't have to go to work on Friday. I'll just encourage everybody to stay in bed, catch up on a little bit of sleep, have a very slow morning. I guess that's the nice thing about unschooling. We can just arrange our days to suit ourselves. So that was my teenager's typical days. If you have got this far, thank you so much for listening to my rejected episode. I hope it was okay. I hope that you did get something out of listening to it. I shall put some show notes together. I will include those video series that I was talking about. Also, I will add a link to the podcast episode where I interviewed Sophie, just in case you would like to hear her talking about her days, what she's doing at work and all that. It was a very lively interview. Sophie's a very good person to interview. She always has plenty to say. Usually we have some great conversations together. Yes, I like talking to Sophie. Sophie is making a series of vlogs. Every day, Monday to Friday, she films just a small segment about her day. And then at the weekend, she puts all the segments together and publishes a weekly vlog. I wonder if you would like to keep up with those vlogs. They give a good picture of an unschooling teenager's life. I will maybe embed one or two of those in the blog post that is going to go with this podcast episode. I'll also add a link in the show notes to Sophie's channel and maybe the playlist of her vlogs. While I'm recording this outro, Sophie is actually filming today's segment. We went out this afternoon together. I invited her to go with me to the shopping center and have coffee. I thought she looked a little bit tired this morning when she went out to work and I thought maybe she needed some special time with me. So we went to a cafe, had coffee and I even found a slice of dairy-free cake for her because you might know that she is dairy-free. She can't tolerate lactose. And then afterwards we went to a jewellery store but I'm not going to say any more about that because I'm going to invite you to go over to Sophie's YouTube channel probably at the weekend early next week and watch her vlog. So I think that's all I want to say this week. Please visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, for the show notes. Please feel welcome to stop by, say hello, comment on anything that I have said today. Again, I would like to thank you for listening. And until next time, Don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Mm